Well, good evening. You can turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. We're going to start in chapter 7. I know the, the bulletin says Colossians 1. We will get there. So be patient. But first and foremost, before I really start, uh, I am thankful to be a, a part of this church. And, and I'm thankful that we've got more people here tonight than what we typically have. And, and that encourages me and some extra youth families here. Um, but as we've led up to youth camp, which we'll leave on Wednesday, uh, it's been apparent to me that our, our church does support our youth. And you all love our young people uh, from the... The uh, chili cook-off lunch that we had and the uh, silent auction to the Krispy Kreme fundraiser to, to all the random things that we have done to try and raise money to make camp a little bit more affordable. Many of you have been there every step of the way and you've supported us and you've helped us and, and anytime I've reached out and asked for help, I'm more than willing to, to help. And many of you have, just out of the, the kindness of your heart, contributed generous um, gifts to help kids who maybe can't afford going to camp. And so for all of that, I want to thank you all as a, as a church. It encourages me as the youth pastor. It encourages my wife and people like Garth and Emily who help week in and week out. Uh, and so we, we love you all, and, and we're excited that you have supported us up to this point. And so tonight, what I'm hoping to do, and, and really is, is just to kind of cast a little bit of a vision of, of what I would like to see happen at youth camp, but also I've kind of arranged it in such a way that I've given you three things that I would like you to be praying uh, for our students as we go this week. So let's, let's pray and then we'll, we'll begin. God, we, we thank you again for meeting here to worship this evening. And on this warm June afternoon, God, we are thankful for a comfortable room like, like the one we're in. And God, we ask that tonight we wouldn't just sit here and, and hear somebody ramble for a while and then go on our way, but God, I pray that you would challenge us this evening, that the word would be heavy on our hearts as we leave. And God, I pray that you would be with our, our church this week as our youth head to youth camp, that our church, as they stay here, would be a praying church. And God, that, that you would use the prayers of your people to really work in the hearts of our young youth. And God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start here in 2 Corinthians. And, and the, my first point, when, when I say it, I don't want you to freak out. I don't want you to overreact, but it sounds bad. All right. But here's the first thing that I want you all as a church to be praying for our young people as we go to camp. I want you to pray that our students would experience godly grief. I want you to be praying for our students to experience godly grief. Look with me in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 8. This is Paul writing, and Paul says, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Now, just so you understand what Paul's talking about, he had written a previous letter, 
1 Corinthians. And in it, if you're familiar with the book or if you've read it recently, Paul calls out some sin that's happening in the church. And he doesn't, doesn't hold back any punches. The sin that he's aware of going on in the church, he confronts it and he deals with it. And if you read it, it it's, seems like at some points it's a harsh letter. And apparently they've written back to Paul and they've, they've told Paul, man, you didn't really hold back anything in that letter. I mean, you, you let it all out there and, and some of us were grieved by what you said in the letter. But what, what Paul responds with is he says, I rejoice not just because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. And so really, I could have stated my first point, pray that our young people would be saved. Because honestly, that's what Paul's getting at here. When he says that you were grieved into repenting, he's saying there's a certain grief in the, in the life of, of an individual that leads them to repent of their sin and to have faith in Jesus. And that is the type of grief that I am asking you to pray that our, our students would experience this week. Now you may be thinking, well, what if our kids are already saved? That can be a difficult question. That can be a can of worms to get into. But, but I would tell you that I grew up in a church and I grew up going to youth group. And, and although my church never went to a youth summer camp, I did go on a mission trip at one point, a couple different mission trips, and I have good memories of that. And as I was in the youth, I would have told you that I was a believer, that I was a Christian, that I I believed in the gospel. But as I got older and I left home and and I quickly found that there was no desire, there was no passion in me for the word of God, for the things of God, and, and I drifted. But then in 2007, at the age of 20, thankfully I didn't drift long, I remember being in a church with a friend of mine and and hearing the word preached, and and I don't remember what text of of Scripture the man was was preaching on or, or what his main point was. I don't remember any of that, but what I do remember is I was sitting there in the pew, and I was grieved over my sin. I felt like we were in a one-on-one conversation and the preacher was preaching directly at me and I felt this grief that my sin was the worst thing in the world and it was the heaviest weight I had ever carried on my shoulders. I remember that specifically. And I went to this pastor after the service and I told him some things about sin that I was dealing with in my life and, and we met throughout that next week and And I remember specifically that that was a turning point to where I really understood the weight of my sin. I had never truly understood that as a young person. And that is when I truly turned and placed my faith in Jesus. And it was at that moment when I felt grieved over my sin. Now, I'm not saying that our youth aren't saved. I hope that they are. There are some that I truly believe are, but there are some that I also know for a fact are not. And so I would ask that this week you would be praying for them that they would experience grief. Not worldly grief. We don't wish that on anyone. Because Paul says here, worldly grief just produces death. If you just grieve because bad things happen to you, but that doesn't result in repenting and salvation, that's just worldly grief. And it's really not beneficial to us. 
So I want you to pray specifically that our young people, and specifically maybe your children, would experience a godly grief. That as they preach week, uh, day after day, and as we have small group time with our church, that they would experience the weight of their sin and the grief that comes with it, but also that they would be grieved into repenting, which leads to salvation. So my first point, the first thing I want you to be praying for our youth and for our students and, and for your children this week is that they would experience godly grief or to put it another way, that they would experience salvation, that they would come to know Jesus as their true Lord and Savior. That is the first way that I would like to encourage you and to challenge you to be praying for our young people this week. The second is the text that you see here in in the bulletin. Turn over to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. So first, be praying that our students would be saved this week, but also, look with me in verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. The second thing I want you to pray for our young people this week is that they would be increasing in the knowledge of God, that they would be spiritually growing. Now, that's one thing that we want to see happen in the church as a whole, is it not? That's one of the reasons that we're here meeting on Sunday morning and that we're here again on Sunday night, and that we're here again on Wednesday night. It's the reason that Josh has Bible studies in the middle of the week for guys and and in the middle of the week for women. And it's the reason that we have college Bible study, and it's the reason that we meet with our young people up in our youth room. Spiritual growth is the reason for much of what we do. Now, there is a sense in which part of what we do is outreach. We want others to hear the gospel. We want others to be saved. But really... And truly, the goal is so that we would grow as believers. Real quickly, look at the end of of chapter 1. And Paul explains, really, the end goal of his ministry and, and what should be the end goal of all of our ministry. Look with me at verse 28. Paul says, Him we proclaim, talking about Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone Mature in Christ. Now, y'all would look at Sam and I pretty, pretty funny if Graham was acting the same way he does today in another five or ten years. Because kids naturally grow up and they learn things and they become young adults at some point and then they grow up even more and they become actual adults and so we understand that process but yet oftentimes I feel like there's a disconnect from what we see in the natural physical life to what happens in spiritual life and oftentimes you meet people who have been going to church their whole life and and there's really not been a whole lot of spiritual growth they really haven't read much more of the bible than they've read when they were a brand new Christian or maybe they've really not gotten involved more than they did when they first became a Christian. But we should challenge that. 
And the second way that I want you to pray for our young people is that they would grow spiritually. I want us to look real quickly at some of the things that Paul asks for in this this brief prayer. So he's talking about the Colossian people, people he has not met before. But he says, since the day that we've heard of you, of your faith in Jesus, we've heard that you are a church, we have not ceased to pray for you. And now look at what he asks. Here's what he's asking God for the Colossian people, people he's never even met. He says that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. When's the last time that we prayed for anyone, let alone our young people, to be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Now, I'm not downstairs on Wednesday nights, but I am here on Sunday nights, and I know that we we lift up some prayer requests. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone say, man, pray pray for me or pray for my family or pray for this individual or that individual or all of us that we would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. I'm sure some of you have been in a place in life, maybe you're there now, where where you're kind of wondering, what is God's will for me? What is next for me? That's a big question with with young people in youth group, especially as they get close to graduation, and where do they go next? Where do they go to college? Or or where do they look for a job? Or or do they join the military? There's lots of different options for for young people when they graduate high school. And I remember feeling that way as I was a young person. Like, what what is God's will? How do I know if it's God's will for me? These are questions that maybe some of you or maybe even some of our young people are are asking themselves. Are we praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Are you praying for your children? Are you praying for our young people that they would know God's will? He says, I'm praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul is asking that these people whom he's never met would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He's asking that they would have spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, that they would be able to discern life through the lens of Scripture, that they would be able to apply what they know about God to what they see in the world. Are we praying that for our young people? Are we even praying that for ourselves? It's real easy to get into a rut of prayer and all we seem to pray for are all the things that have gone wrong. It's almost like a a reactive type of praying. Are we praying a proactive prayer? That before things go downhill, before our students walk away from the faith when they get to college, before all these things happen, are we praying proactively that God would be at work in increasing them in the knowledge of his will? That they would know him, that they would love him, that they would trust him. That's the second thing that I want you to, to be praying for our young people. But also I want you to see that it's, it's not just that we want them to be filled with knowledge and wisdom and understanding. But look at verse 10. Look at what it leads to. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul is not praying 
that these people would just have a ton of head knowledge, that they would know God's will, that they'd have wisdom and understanding. But Paul understands if we grow in those areas, it will lead to working itself out in our life. Now, if you're a parent here tonight, especially if you're a parent of a, of a young person that's currently in our youth group, do you want to see your kid walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? Don't you want to see your children live a life that is honoring and pleasing to God? You want to see them bear fruit in all the good works that they're doing? And don't you want to see them increase in their knowledge of God? I would assume the answer is yes. Are we praying these things for our kids? Are we praying these things for ourselves? This is the second thing I want you to be praying for our young people, specifically as we go to youth camp, that they would be increasing in the knowledge of God, that they would be growing spiritually, that it wouldn't just be a time of fun and games and we've got to sit through a couple sermons, but that as they sit under the preaching of the word and as we discuss it in small groups, their hearts would truly be affected and their affections would be slowly and gradually turned more towards focused on Jesus. Pray for us this week that that would happen. But also not just with our students, but also with our leaders. Myself, my wife will be there for a little bit. Garth and Emily are both going. And Jessica, who's up in the sound booth, is going as our leaders. Youth camp is not just for students. Thankfully, it's a time where uh, they, the, the staff at camp, do a lot of the work as far as uh, preparing to preach and all that. But it's also a great time for us to, as leaders to be refreshed, to sit under some preaching, to hear the, the good news of the gospel, to be reminded. So pray also for us leaders that we would be refreshed, that we would be encouraged, and that we would also increase in the knowledge of God because we need it just as much as our students. And you all, as adults, need it as well. So I'm asking that you would pray for our students to experience godly grief, which leads to salvation. That you would pray for spiritual growth that leads to maturity in Christ. The third thing that I want you to pray for our young people this week is that God would use our young people to change the world. That God would use our young people to change the world. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 4. Just a couple pages to the left. This is a, a popular passage when you do some sort of ordination. But I want us to look at verses 11 and 12. And again, this is Paul writing, and here's what he says. It says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So Paul is explaining that there are certain um, people put in place by God, and their purpose is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so I say that, that to be praying that our, our young people would be used to change the world. And I know that sounds high and that sounds lofty and, and maybe it almost sounds silly. Like, really? I mean, come on. Just 
couple youth kids here in Fairdale, are, are they really going to change the world? But I want to remind you of our call to worship. And this is a verse that I have to remind myself of often. Paul says, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Do you believe that? He's able to do far more than we ask for or that we could even think or imagine. I hope that it's a desire of yours to see our young people from right here in Fairdale do great things for the Lord, to truly change the world. Now, if we look at this passage, it seems like, you know, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. And so one of the ways that I want you to pray that that God would use our young people to change the world is that, that God would call some of our young people to ministry. That maybe, maybe God would be drawing some of our students into full-time ministry. That they would be a pastor one day. That they would be a pastor's wife one day. That they would be counseling people. That they would be encouraging people in, in numerous different ways. Or maybe God would be calling some of our young people to serve in the mission field. To go to the uttermost parts of the earth and proclaim the good news to those who have never heard it. Every Wednesday, we have an unreached people group of the day that we pray for, and Garth leads us in that. And so Garth will explain characteristics of this people group, where they're at in the world. We'll show them on the big map that we have up in the youth room and kind of talk about some, some ways that, that we need to pray that God would use to reach them. And every now and then, after Garth does that and I get up to, to teach, I'll remind them, Maybe that's us. Maybe God is at work right now in our hearts so that in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe it's, it's one of the kids in, our, in the seats in our youth room who's going to an unreached people group to make a difference in the world. That some, somebody or, or some group of people would know God because they were obedient and decided to go. Be praying this week that God would use our young people to change the world, whether that be through calling into ministry or a calling to missions. Whatever it is, we, we don't know. But I pray that in, in 5, 10, 20 years, we can look back and see how God was at work, even when we weren't able to see it at the time. So there's three things that I'm, that I'm asking you to pray specifically for our youth and for our young people this week. Pray for them to experience godly grief, which leads them into repentance and salvation. Pray for spiritual growth, that our young people would, would continue to increase in their knowledge of God, that it would lead them to, to live a life that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. But also, I want us to think big. And I want us to be praying that God would use our young people to change the world. We're leaving this Wednesday. We're going to meet here at the church at 1 o'clock. We're going to take a a busload of kids and a truck full of bags down there to camp. 
and we'll be gone until Sunday. And so one thing that I've done is I've created little prayer cards, and I believe this was Dan Pomeroy's idea. I, I didn't come up with it myself, but, but what I've done is, is I've made a little card, and I've, I've got pictures of all of our students that are going to camp here, uh, and then over here I've got their name, what grade they're going into, the dates of the camp, just so you know when we're gone, uh, and just a brief little uh, way that you can pray for us, okay? Now, I only made 15, one for each kid that's going, but I want to hand these out, and, and I want you, if you are going to commit over this next week to pray for our students, I want you to take one, and I want you to put it on your fridge, and every time you open your fridge, I want you to pray for that student. You may not know what they're doing at the time. You may not know what's going on. But I want you to commit to praying for that student each and every time you open the fridge or whatever it is. Maybe it's the pantry that you go to more often. Put it on the pantry door and pray for that student every time you see that card. And if you want one of these cards and we hand them all out and we don't have any more, I can print more. I've got them saved in a file. We can, we can print off as many as we like. But what I really want to see happen is not just for all of us in, in our church to be praying these three things during the next week. But I hope what it does is it reminds us that we need to be praying these things their whole life. We need to be praying these whole things for our whole life. I don't want us to think, and it's easy to do it, I don't want us to think that, that youth camp is the end-all be-all. I know a lot, like Sam, or Emily said, a lot of our students are really pumped about camp, and rightly so. It's, it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of really cool things, and a lot of things they don't get to do on a regular basis. Not every day you can just hop on the zip line and drop into the lake. That's fun. It's not every day that hopefully we can blob Hunter 600 feet in the air. That'll be fun. And so youth camp is meant to be enjoyable and fun, but it's also meant to focus us on the Word of God. And it would be silly if we thought that God is only going to work in our students' hearts during this one week out of 52 weeks that they're at camp. So I want to challenge us as a church not just to be praying this next week with intensity. I want us to be praying all the time. I want it to be a continual thing where we're praying for our young people. We're praying for each other that we would experience godly grief that's leading us to repentance and salvation that we're praying for one another regularly, that we would be growing in our knowledge of God. We wouldn't be stagnant baby Christians, but that we would be maturing in Christ. And also I want to be praying that God would be using all of us to change the world. Keeping in mind that God is able to do far more above all that we could even ask or think. I want to challenge you all to be praying this week. But ultimately, I want to challenge you to be praying continuously throughout the summer, into the fall, into the winter, and so on. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this evening and for an opportunity to consider how it is that we can pray for our young people. God, we're excited about going to camp, and we know that camp is going to be a lot of fun. God, I'm praying that as camp draws near, that you would be at work in our hearts. Not only our youth's hearts, not only us leaders' hearts, but the hearts of our whole church. 
God, I ask that you'd help us to be faithful to pray that our students would experience godly grief to lead them to repentance. God, I pray that you would help them to be growing in their knowledge of you, that they wouldn't be stagnant baby Christians, but that they would be mature in Christ. And God, I pray that you'd be using not just our students to change the world, but I pray that you'd be using all of us. And God, help us to be faithful, to do whatever it is you've called us to do. God, we thank you for being at work in our church and being at work in our young people. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.